0: Good morning. morning. It's great to be with you this morning. And we bring greetings to you from Swaziland, or I might need to say Eswatini, because a few weeks back it was the king's birthday and he decided to change the name of the country. So we're from Eswatini now. Um, We just want to also bring greetings to you from the Bible College. Um, And so many people came by before i left i was kinda of shocked because i'm like i'm only going away for a few weeks and they acted like we were going on furlough or something but um... so many people it was hard for me to even get packed because i was running out of time because all sunday afternoon we were leaving early monday morning and all sunday afternoon it was just one person after the other and they would say please greet everybody please greet Hyde wesley in church um, please greet anybody we know all of that. So we bring you greetings from the people there in Swaziland and we also want to thank you for your prayers. I know that last Sunday that you all had special prayer for me because I was just really, really not well and um, I, I want to say that it was Sunday afternoon like right now it's um, it's what going on five o'clock in the the evening in Swaziland. And it was during this time that I started just getting relief from the pain that I was having. And um, I know that a lot of people were praying for me. And um, we left early Monday morning, and as we were driving to Johannesburg, my, my head was hurting less and less. And by the time we got to the airport, I felt no pain, and I haven't had pain since. So I just want to praise God for that, and I want to thank you for your prayers. Um, I just want to also bring greetings to you from our students. Can you just go back? Yeah. Yeah. These are our students. They're just a great group of people. And um, it's not long after they come to Bible College that they start hearing the name Hyde Wesleyan Church. And so um, they just, many of them wanted to send their greetings to you also. And then our staff. Um, this is a great group of people that i work with and they work really really hard um, they could be earning more money working somewhere else but god has called them and they're just really committed to the bible college and um, they also send their greetings and their thank yous for all that you all do for them the insurance that you provide for them is just something that they appreciate so much and it's just a big blessing in their life and at the bible college I teach. Um, That's one of my jobs. I'm also um, academic dean. Um, It's kind of like filling in right now until we get somebody that's a national that's qualified. But it's kind of a big job that has been handed to me. And... um, Some of the other things I do, I work with our worship team. This takes up a lot of my time because we have to plan all of our chapels every week and practice with them and just a lot of organizing and time that I spend with them. Um, Another thing that happens at the college is if you're there, you're going to see the kids playing soccer all the time in the afternoons they play soccer and our students they get to play sometimes in a church league and um they really enjoy that and um matthias enjoys playing with them too then the next picture i just wanted to share with you this is pinda and pinda is from the orphanage that you take up the penny march for. But Pinda's now 21. The government will not allow him to live there anymore. And so um, this year, he has, he's a student at the Bible College. And so um, it's just really exciting. He's just enjoying it so much. He's growing spiritually. Good things is happening in his life. So keep praying for him. And um, I just thought that you'd be interested in um, hearing that. Um, Matthias is going to share with you a few things and as you'll see I'm starting to have to look up a little bit <laughs> to Matthias when we were here before he was just a little bit shorter than me but he's um, passed me up now and um, he's gonna um, talk a little bit to Menzi if he'll come up and um, then I'll share some more a little later.
1: Um, before we talk about Menzie, I just want to tell you what my life a little bit looks like at living in Swaziland. My life is also can be pretty busy. Um, I do school. <laughs> um, and I so when I'm not doing school I get to be a part of the worship team at our college and and at our and I get to be a part of the worship team at our church as well at uh, Liberty Church I go there two Sundays a month at the, It's an English-speaking church, and it's just really fun to get to be a part of that. I've learned so much through that, and I get to be, on campus, I get to be a part of an accountability group, and... I get to take guitar lessons from one of the guys who lives on campus and I also play sports with the students and I play with my friends a lot, but I want to I tell you about some of my favorite people. The first one is already there, Sunshine is his name, and he's the son of our maintenance man, Beggy and Pendile, the lady that helps us around our house, and they're like family to us. And so Sunshine, since his mom work, works at our house a lot, he's there at our house a lot and can be trouble. Um, the second one I want to tell you about is Simo. Um, Simo is the daughter of Hannah Mapile. Mapile is our librarian there at the college. And um, I get to be honorary uncle to Simo. So okay. when they're talking about me around her, they refer to me as Uncle Thias. So I, I enjoy I enjoyed being with her. Then also I want to tell you about this guy, Menzi. Um... Menzi is here because he got a, a, a full scholarship to study at Southside Christian School in um, South Carolina, and it's really a God thing that, this whole, th- that it all worked out, but they came to Swaziland. He's one of two from Swaziland who got the scholarship, and his life is about to change drastically. Um, so, Menzi, welcome to America. How, do you, how are you liking it? <laughs> How are you liking it here so far?
2: Uh, America is great so far for me. Yeah. Um,
1: So just to give you a little bit of a look at how much his life is about to change, Swaziland is about the size of the state of Rhode Island. And so um, before coming here, how far away from home have you been?
2: I have been uh, like an hour drive away from home.
1: So now within a period of less than a week, you've been to four countries, gone on a 17-hour plane ride, been to three states here in the U.S. So what did you think about flying and traveling for so long?
2: Um, flying was so great, although I didn't like it in the morning because I got sick. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, Swaziland and America, they are very, very different. So what are some of the biggest differences um, you've noticed so far?
2: Hmm, America here in Pennsylvania, it's very hot and... There uh, are big trees and
1: evergreen. Yeah. Everything's green. Um, so we've been to Walmart about four times now. <laughs> <laughs> i have go Walmart. So how, how do you like Walmart? How is it different from stores in Swaziland?
2: Uh, Walmart is really a big shop, but it's good because in Swaziland I would have to go to the grocery shop, and then go to the... Um, where you get clothes and Walmart,
1: you just get them all together. <laughs> um, so yeah, so tell me about your life in Swaziland. Tell me about your family.
2: Uh, my family is an extended family. I live with my mom and two sisters. That's my mom, that's my younger sister, Vanessa. Um, Yeah. That's my home. <laughs> and that's my sister Monica. Yeah.
1: So um, here in the US, every child is supposed, is supposed to go to school. So does every child in Swaziland go to school?
2: No, because some of the kids, their parents cannot afford the money for the school fees.
1: So are school fees expensive?
2: Very expensive.
1: Um, so how does your mom manage to send three kids to school?
2: She gets piece
1: jobs and
2: she does vegetables and can them to sell.
1: Okay. Um, so how far away was the school that you're going to, that you were going to in Swaziland, and how did you get there?
2: It was fifteen kilometers away from home, and I had to use public transport.
1: So that could be expensive as well. Yes. Um, so at home, do you have chores? Do you, did you have chores to do? Yes. Like what?
2: I looked after uh fetched water,
1: and firewood. Yeah. So what would you use the firewood for?
2: We use the firewood to cook outside. Maybe sometimes we run out of electricity.
1: Yeah. So do you guys plant any food at your home? Yes. Like what?
2: Maize, which is like corn here. And we plant sweet potatoes and
1: pumpkins. So um, do, do you work in the fields? Yes, we do. Can it be hard work at times? Yes. Um, So the food here, how do you like the food here? I mean, we've had good old junk food. but, uh, uh, But how are you liking it, and how is it different from the food in Swaziland? The food
2: here is very good, and I think it's different from Swaziland because here there is like a variety, so you wouldn't have to eat the same food the, same the following day.
1: So what food, what food would you eat on a regular basis in Swaziland?
2: Beans, pop, which is, which is porridge. porridge, and um, chicken portions sometimes, and rice. Yeah.
1: Um, so when you go to school in South Carolina, what are some, will you be living at a boarding school?
2: No, I'll be living with the family. What grade are you in? I'm doing grade eight.
1: So, what are you excited about about doing school here in the U.S.?
2: I am looking forward to good, uh, good quality education.
1: Yeah. Um, when Menzi and I hang out in Swaziland, we most of the time we play we play soccer and just have fun. But I also like to play music, and sometimes while well, he's there, I'll play music, and he'll sit there and watch me. But. Um, there are sometimes when we goof around and manage to make something sound good and sometimes we sing something like um that sound may sound like this wahambanati oh wahambanati oh wahambanati siyabonga wahambanati wahambanati oh wahambanati oh See si Abona, Jesu, si Abona Chesu, see si Abona Cowell as Lu, see si Abona Chesu, see si Abona, see si Abona Chesu, see Abona Waha. Banya tige waha. oh So yeah, that's stuff we like to do at home. And um, for you guys, I would like to ask that as they announce on Friday night at 7 p.m., we're going to have a benefit concert because even though Menzi got a full scholarship, it, does, it doesn't cover personal expenses like the, the ticket for the flight and um, just different personal items. So, we would like to ask you to come and help us raise money for those items, and we want to give you the opportunity to be a part of being of blessing Menzi in that way because this opportunity of studying here is going to be well, it's going to be life changing. So. Hope to see you there.
0: Thank you, Menzi. I think he's um, had a lot of culture shock because everything's different. And um, here we are bringing him up front and making him sing and talk and all of that. But he's cooperated real well. Um, yesterday, we were in Altoona and we went to the buffet. What's it called? Prime Snarling. And I was telling him, you know, you can have as much as you want. And he says, How many times can you go back? And I says, You can eat as much as you want. And he looks at me and he shakes his head and he says, This would never work in Swaziland. <laughs> Anyway, we just want to share with you a little bit more about what God is doing at Wesley Wesleyan Bible College. Um, good things are happening, and we're, we're uh, moving forward, and we're kind of being pushed to move forward because the government, um, they're making colleges and Bible colleges and that register with them, and they're trying to make sure that people are given good quality education and that, and... Um, keeping people accountable, and um, so it's forced us to um, do a lot of looking at what we do and how can we do it better, and we're also even starting the process of accreditation, which is a a long, hard uh, process but um, God has helped us and um, we're looking forward as we're um, starting that process. Lots of that work is gonna rest on the shoulders of the principal and myself. And so um, I'm not for sure when we're gonna get it all done, but we've got to because we're being forced to do it. And so we just would appreciate your prayers in that area also. Many of the uh, Africans have the mindset that missionaries come to us and that we're not missionaries. Missionaries come to us. They come from overseas. That's how missions work is done. And there at the Bible College, we believe that that's not true. Yeah, missionaries come to them, but they should also be missionaries taking the gospel further Um, than Swaziland to the neighboring countries and even beyond that Um, we uh, know the scripture Matthew 28 19 it says therefore go and make disciples of all nations and we believe that if you're not part of the going you need to be part of the sending you need to somehow be a part of that great commission because it's not really an option it's a command that's been given us that we're to take the gospel to all nations and um Many people, probably in the US and around the world, um, we don't have a very big world view. We know what we know right here, and it's the same way in Swaziland. They, their world view is sometimes small because they don't know what's happening around the world. and. Um, we are trying to help them to learn what's happening around the world especially in the areas of missions and um, taking the gospel and ministry and um, the needs of the world and um, so every um, month in our chapel services the last Friday of every month is our missions um, service and so we've been really just working hard on trying to educate them about the needs around the world Um, every second semester which starts in the month of July when we go back we'll be starting second semester and um, we open the first week with a missions conference and the whole week is just missions and we have services and we have seminars and we also go out and do missions there in our community and uh, Manzini the town there When um, our students have been learning about the needs of the world and that, and when they heard that there were people who um, live in this world today and they've never once heard the name of Jesus, they were shocked. Did you know that? Did you know that there's lots of people who have never even heard the name of Jesus and when our students heard that their hearts were broken they were just totally moved um, in a big way when they learned about unreached people groups um, This is from the Joshua Project, a definition that they have. It says, a people group among which there is no indigenous community of believing Christians with adequate numbers and resources to evangelize this people group without outside assistance. And mostly what that means is that most, if not all, of the people in that people group have not been reached with the gospel yet. Um... Christ has not been named or preached among them. And among the unreached people groups, they say that there's less than 2% of evangelical Christians. In some places, not even that much. So that means that there's 98% of those people that they don't know about Christ. And lots of times, they're not even being reached. Um, Most of the places are... What they call closed countries. You can't just go in there and say, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm coming in as a missionary. You have to go in kind of like undercover, maybe go in to teach English or to do some other job and then try to be a missionary to those people um, on the side. Um, In those places, if you convert to Christianity, your life could be in danger. Um, you could um, go to prison or even lose your life over it, and so it's very, very hard to reach the people in these places. And when our students were hearing these things, they were shocked. They didn't know that there were places like that in the world. When um, in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, when it says, "Go into all nations," what that really means is people groups okay it's not countries its people groups one country can have many many different people groups a people group is a group of people who has their own culture their own language and um, there's around eleven thousand people groups in the world today and six thousand five hundred of them are unreached that equals about two billion people 6,500, that's more than half of the people groups are unreached. They're, they're, the gospel, people are maybe trying to go in, but it's very difficult, and many of them, it, it doesn't reach them. They don't hear. They don't know. They don't know who Jesus is. There's around 7 billion people in the world today, and 2 billion are unreached. And most of these people live in, a, in the place what we call the 1040 window. I don't know if you know about the 1040 window, but we were teaching our students about this. It's an area in northern Africa and Asia that's between the 10 and 40 degrees north latitude. And the people who live in this include the majority of the world's Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists. And among these people we have a group that's called unengaged people groups. And um, that, that means that um, there's not even a strategy in place to reach them. They're not even, there's nobody that's really trying to reach those people groups. And out of the 6,500 unreached people groups, 3,000 of them are unengaged. Now, these are smaller ethnic Groups, they're not as big as some. They're smaller and they're that's why they're they're totally unengaged. Nobody's going there. It's hard. People don't know their language, they don't know much about them, and the gospel's not even nobody is trying to engage them. And when our students heard this, their hearts were broken. You know, it's it's bad enough to be unreached. You know, people are trying to reach you, but it's pretty much impossible. It's really, really hard. But when they heard about people who nobody's even trying to reach them, they're lost, and nobody's even looking for them. They've not heard about Jesus, and nobody's even trying to tell them about Jesus. I don't know what that does to you, but our students, their hearts were broken they were ready to go. <laughs> they were like, let's go. Let's do this. Last Friday in chapel was our missions chapel. And um, we, our theme last Friday was about persecuted Christians. They had no idea that there's 215 million Christians that experience high levels of persecution today. They had no idea that every month... An average of 255 Christians are martyred for their faith, killed for their faith. Last Friday in our chapel, our students cried when they heard that. And we spent a lot of time in prayer for the persecuted Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering for the sake of the gospel. We should care. If we don't care about those who are lost, if we don't care about our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering, then there's something wrong. Because you see, missions is what God cares about most. That's why he sent Jesus as the first missionary to this world. And he wants us to care about the things that he cares about. And our students, their hearts were broken. We also took time at the end of chapel last week to write letters to persecuted Christians through the ministry of Open Doors. Each student wrote a letter. I mailed them the other day. And they will go to those Christians that are suffering. Some of them have family members in prison. Some of them have been beaten. Some of them have even lost their family members through death. God is starting to do a deeper work in the hearts of our students. And they want to start um, to be taken part in spreading the gospel further than Swaziland. And this is thrilling us <laughs> when we see that this is what they're wanting to do. That they want to be a part of that. One of our graduates, his name is Muhammad Saeed. He is from Mozambique. And um, he teaches at our Bible college in Mozambique in Shai Shai, and um, God laid it upon his heart to start a work in Malawi, which is a country that neighbors northern Mozambique, and there's a picture of a new church. It's a new work, a new Wesleyan work, and they... they um, built this you know people carrying the little bricks brick by brick and making the bricks and this is the church that's there now and when our students heard about it they wanted to be a part and so um we we do faith promise at ewbc and um it's not a easy thing because when they make a faith promise i can tell you it's 100 percent faith Okay, Because sometimes they don't even have money to buy toothpaste or soap. But yet here they are making a faith promise. And we just challenged them. Just ask God what he wants to do through you and trust him and step out in faith and make that pledge. We had set a goal of 10,000 rands, which is just a little under $1,000 for our campus, our staff and students. And we were hoping that we would reach that goal. And whenever we took up our faith promises, pledges, it came to $21,175. We were just totally blown away. And then even after that chapel, some of the students went straight to the office and when they heard the results, they were like, Wow, my faith wasn't that big. I need to increase my faith promise. And so they increased it. And then we started, as words started going around that that's what our students were doing to help the work in Malawi, um, we started getting letters and notes and phone calls from some of our graduates. And they says, Can we be a part? Can we make a faith promise? And we were like, Sure. And so we got almost 4,000 more rands in faith promise from graduates who wanted to be a part it's just so exciting um i don't know what god is going to be doing but he wants to do great things and he's using our students and um we need to pray for our students because they're ready to go but the church in southern africa is not ready yet to sin (laughs) they're way ahead of the church And so there's no structure in place to help send them to do the work. And so um, how do they go? How do we do this? You know, who's going to send us? Who's going to be with us, support us, whatever? That's not in place yet. But God is laying missions upon their hearts, and it just thrills us so much. A handful of our students after our missions conference last year, last July... They have been feeling that God's calling them to be missionaries. Some of them are really, really excited and they want to go, and some of them are a little bit frightened. They don't even want to speak it (laughs) because they're afraid. How is it going to happen? How can we do this? I want to tell you about one of our new students this year. His name is Mtuduzi, but it means comfort, so I will refer to him as comfort to you. But Comfort, um, his mother is Swazi, his father's Mozambican, but he was born and raised in Swaziland. And um, comes from a good home, a hardworking home. His, his, both of his parents work hard and they've done well in life. And his parents had hoped that he would go to a university and become an engineer so he could make good money, take care of the family. And that's kind of what his plans were. And um, one year for Christmas, his cousins from Mozambique came to spend Christmas with them. And they says, go back to Mozambique with us and visit where we live. And he was like, oh, I don't know if I wanna do that. And they're like, no, come, you must come, go back with us. So he agreed and the plan was that he would go back for two weeks and spend two weeks with them. Well, um, when he got there, he just wasn't prepared for it. It was an extremely rural area, far, far out in nowhere. And he said that it was extreme poverty like he had not seen before in Swaziland. He said that in that little village, there was a school that went to fifth grade. And he said nobody in that village had education higher than fifth grade. And lots of them didn't even go that far. He said that there were no clinics. There was lots of sickness and people that were were getting no medical help. He said everybody still lived in mud huts. The floor was mud, sticks and mud. Um, He said there was no access to clean drinking water. He said that there were no evangelical churches there. There were a lot of false churches and even lots of witchcraft, and lots of darkness, and lots of evil. He said that it smelled. He said it was just awful. And when he got there, he thought, I don't know if I can make it two weeks in this place. He said it was the most miserable two weeks of his life. He could hardly wait to get out of there. After two weeks was over, he went back home to Swaziland, And he was just so happy to get away. But after he got back home, God began to work in his heart. And he says, I don't even know how to explain it. He says, but somehow my mind started going to those people. And as I thought of them, I had love for them. And so he found himself making a couple trips back there in the next year. And as he went back there, his attitude and his feelings changed and he saw the people differently. And he thought, man, you know what, I could help this place. And he said, when he went the first time, he could hardly handle the filth and the dirt in the little hut that he was sleeping in. And he said, The next time he went back, he says he just rested so nice, and he says he laid there in this little mud hut, and his mind began to wander, and he says he just, it was almost like he was seeing visions, and he says he could see just right down the, the dirt road, he could see a mission compound, and he says he could see a Wesleyan church and a mission house and he says he could just picture himself teaching these people how to build out of cement block and he says he could just picture himself helping them learn how to get wells and and having a clinic down the road and and he said god just put this upon him and and he got excited and he just knew that God was calling him to this place. (laughs) Now he goes back as often as he can. But he says each time he goes back he says somehow people, he says, they think I'm a preacher. He says, I'm not a preacher. He says, but they're all the time wanting me to sit down with them and they ask me questions about the Bible. He says, and I feel like I don't know the answers. And so he came to the Bible college, the right place to go. And here he is. He's with us this year, and he's studying and learning, thoroughly enjoying his studies. He had to fight his parents to get there. It, it, it wasn't easy because they wanted him to go to a university where he would be able to go and get a really good job. And he told his parents, he says, I feel like God wants me to be a missionary. And they're like, what? You want to be a missionary? Do you know, do you know how much money that provides for you? And, and they just thought he was kind of crazy. And he said, you know what? I've got to do what God wants me to do. And it wasn't easy for him. There was a lot of stress and tension for a couple weeks. And at first he was living at home and coming to school each day and he just says you know what if I'm going to do this I've got to go the whole way and he just brought his bags and moved in and now he's there with us and taking part in everything that we offer and it's just really really exciting to see what God is doing and he's just excited about what his future is going to be like at the end of this year we're going to be um having two mission trips that our students are going to be going on. Um, One is to Malawi. And um, when we have our missions convention, when I go back in July, Muhammad is going to be our speaker. And he's hoping, if it can work out, he's going to try to bring the pastor to that church to also be a part. And he's also trying He's trying to come up with the funds. So I don't know if it will happen. He's really wanting. They have a, a young lady that they want to bring her to be the first student from Malawi. And so pray that God will provide. I don't know if it will happen, but Muhammad, his heart is set on it that, that he's going to bring a student to us from Malawi. It's just so exciting what God is doing. And so our students are really, really excited. They all wanna go on the mission trips, but it's not gonna work out. Um, The trip to Malawi is gonna just be what we can fit in one car. And um, so we had to make applications and interviews and all of that, trying to figure out who it is that should be the ones that go to Malawi, and then we're going to also do a mission trip to Mozambique to this place that Comfort is um, wanting to work at, and um, we're going to team up on both of those trips. It's exciting because we're going to be teaming up with um, students from the Bible College in Mozambique, at Shai Shai, and um, it's just so exciting. I don't know what God what is going to be the end result to all of this. I don't know if we're going to have students that really become missionaries to another country, to a foreign place to them but God is working in their lives and in their hearts and so we ask that you would pray for us pray for our students that they will just trust God and be obedient even if it's hard, even if it's difficult. God wants to do more than just You know, provide pastors in Swaziland. He wants to go further and beyond and to take it further. And um, I just want to ask you all a question. What does God want to do with you? I know that you do a lot. You give a lot. You do a lot for the work in Swaziland and other places all around the world. But you know what? Maybe he wants to do something bigger. Maybe he wants to do something more in your life. Maybe um, he wants you to do more than give. Maybe he wants you to go. Maybe he wants you to go on a mission trip, a work team. Or maybe he wants you to go for short-time missions. Or maybe he wants you to go to be a missionary. I don't know, but I know that the needs are big. We've seen them. There's people who are unreached. There's people who are even unengaged. There's needs in Swaziland. Although the people in Swaziland know about God, the needs are great. And um, it's easy to get comfortable here in the U.S. and to give and to sit back and enjoy life. But God, his heart is in missions. His heart is for those people who are lost and who don't know them. His heart is to train pastors so that the gospel can go out even further. And so I just want to leave you with that question. What is it that God wants to do with you? Um, It could be witnessing just right here to your neighbor or to whoever he brings into your life. But with a group this size, I have a feeling God wants to do even more than what's happening and so I just want to leave you with that question and I also I just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for what you do for us um you're our biggest supporter you're behind us you um whenever there's a need and we share it it something happens always and so we just want to thank you for that and 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 say God bless you and encourage you to keep doing whatever it is that he asks you to do. Keep praying for us. Um, I, I, this When school was over in no, the beginning of November last year, and then we were on summer break, um, from that point on, it just seems like I've been under, I think, spiritual attack. Um, it's just been one problem after another just you know you start getting better from one thing and something else appears you know and it's been strange things just strange things you know that Some of it, I don't even know what it was, and I'll never know what it was. And um, I just feel like it's been a spiritual attack. And even other staff members, we feel that Satan just is constantly trying to fight us. He's constantly trying. If he can't stop us, he's going to slow us down or distract us or try to get us focused on something else. And so just keep us in your prayers that we can stay strong, that we can stay well, so that we can be able to do the work that God has called us to do. Keep our students in your prayers and our staff in your prayers and um, the fortress, the children's village. Mrs. Twala, you know, every month when I give her the money that you guys send uh, through the Penny March, she's just so, so grateful. And I don't know how many times, I, I can't even count how many times she'll say, you know, Dorcas, we would be closed right now if it weren't for Hyde Wesleyan Church. And so they just greatly appreciate it, and you keep them going, and um, God's doing great things through what you do. And so we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts.